Here's your Wealth Professional Morning Briefing for Wednesday, September 6th. The Bank of Canada will announce its latest interest rate decision Wednesday as it digests data that shows some slowing of a stubbornly resilient economy. But what do some of the country's leading economists think Governor Tiff Macklem and his team will decide to do? There are enough signs that growth is slowing and labour market slack is increasing, and this suggests that current interest rates are high enough to bring inflation down over time, explains Avery Schenfeld, Managing Director and Chief Economist for CIBC Capital Markets. Schenfeld's view is widely held according to a panel of economists convened by Finder, with all but one expecting a hold from the central bank. Two-thirds of the panel agree with maintaining the current rate of 5%, but 20% would like to see the bank hike by another 25 basis points at Wednesday's meeting. Most of the panel correctly predicted a hike would be announced at the July meeting. Looking ahead, 80% of the experts believe that the cost of living will continue higher in the coming months and 60% expect household debt to rise in the near term. With this in mind, a pause would seem prudent. While the bank may have done enough to cool the economy for now, holding back in January, when it was the first G7 central bank to do so, saw markets anticipate rate cuts and a rebound for the housing market. Canadian ETFs saw almost $3 billion in flows in August, maintaining the momentum of July and taking the year-to-date total to $25.3 billion. New data from the National Bank of Canada reveals that fixed-income ETFs remain dominant, with $2.6 billion created, beating the $1.8 billion of the previous month. Cash alternative and money market funds pulled in almost a billion dollars between them. There was also a $583 million gain for international equity ETFs, while Canadian equities posted net outflows of $99 million and US equities were down $76 million. Equity ETFs pulled in a net $408 million over Overall. One of the big takeaways for the month is a strong pullback from energy ETFs, posting net outflows of $510 million, the largest in history, with the iShares S&P TSX capped energy index ETF dropping $467 million despite positive performance in the previous two months. Meanwhile, technology remained a key focus for investors, with funds focused on this sector gaining $160 million. Tech, along with financials and healthcare, have been in favour this year, while materials and energy have weakened as inflation starts to ease. There was also negative sentiment for cryptocurrencies, with Canadian crypto ETFs seeing $201 million in outflows, as traders south of the border speculated that the SEC might greenlight similar funds in the United States. This decision was delayed. Year-to-date stats show that fixed income accounted for $15.4 billion of the total $25.3 billion in the first eight months of 2023, while equities saw $7.8 billion. Multi-assets saw creation of $1.5 billion year-to-date, led by asset allocation portfolio ETFs. The top three ETF issuers in Canada all had inflows in August, except for Invesco. The largest Canadian ETF issuers were RBC iShares with a 28% market share, BMO at 24% and Vanguard at 13%. Five new ETFs launched in August. New ETF provider Fourstrong joined the ETF market with four global region ETFs and AGF launched a covered call ETF. Easing inflation and rising income is not being taken as a green light to spend by Canadian households. Instead, they are saving more. With the trajectory for the Canadian economy uncertain, households are cutting back on discretionary spending in favour of savings accounts based on the latest reading of GDP data from Statistics Canada. Employee compensation gained 2.2% in the second quarter of 2023, accelerating from the 1.9% rise in the previous three months, mostly due to wage increases. Some households in Ontario received retroactive payments for health care and there was a retroactive payment for Canadian Armed Forces members. 
Goods producing industries posted the largest gains in compensation, followed by services. Disposable income grew 2.6% in the second quarter, following a 0.6% decline in the first quarter, and net property income increased as gains in interest on deposits and corporate dividends more than compensated for higher interest payments on mortgage debt and consumer credit. However, consumption expenditure grew at just 1%, one of the slowest rates of the past two years in nominal terms. The savings rate rose to 5.1% from 3.7% in the previous three months. This is aggregated across all income brackets and is generally driven by higher income households. Further data will be available in a release on October 4th. Statistics Canada data shows where consumers are making spending cuts. Spending on new trucks, vans and SUVs was up 3.3% thanks to resolution of supply chain issues. But there was lower spending on new passenger cars, furniture and furnishings, major durables for outdoor recreation and natural gas. Canadian households also reduced their spending while abroad and on alcoholic beverage services, but spent more on shelter services, air transport and telecoms. These stories in full at wealthprofessional.ca and in our newsletters. Plus, will Canada's wildfire calamities accelerate the commodity supercycle? What comes after the PE deal-making freeze? And Canadians are missing out on $12,000 just for having a disability. For Wealth Professional Canada, I'm Steve Randall.